Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Follow Ziggy's on Instagram at Ziggy's Smoke Shop underscore 209. They have locations in Stockton and Tracy. Uh, we are coming off of a fun episode, episode 156. Just last week, Ryan and I came on and talked about the NBA trade market and the landscape of the league as we go into the trade deadline. You can find that episode or any of our others streaming on the Bleed Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcast. Bringing my co-host today as always, Ryan, was good. What is going on? Recording on Sunday, February 4th, Eric. It's already February. Holy shit, man. 2024. Uh, coming off a, a a decent win, I guess you could say, last night against the Bulls. Man, Kings were up 30, uh, and it got a little close at the end. I think they ended up, ended up winning by like seven or eight. But, you know, very good road trip for Sacramento so far, five and one. So, Kings are playing a lot better after that four-game losing streak a couple weeks ago. And, uh, you know, exciting times. Trade rumors are flying. Uh, but they've died down on the Kings end, and I'm sure we're going to talk about that here in a little bit. But, uh, yeah, man, let, let's kick this off, dude. Super Bowl. Oh, I forgot about that. Super Bowl next week, dude. Next Sunday, Niners are playing it. So, uh, great time to be a sports fan. Yeah, first first Sunday without, uh, without football, man, in quite some time, obviously. I was... Uh, thinking you know i'm i'm definitely more productive you know i'm definitely more productive and i ain't betting during football season when it's not football season so this is a little taste of what's to come i had a fat teaser know? last night i i i hadn't bet all week and it was kind of weird so i was like you know what i'm gonna throw a throw a 60 dollars teaser out there it was sacramento plus seven and shit, milwaukee plus two and a half or something so hit on that so that's cool had to get my fix in man um uh, Funny that you talked about no football for the first time uh, this morning. I got a three-year-old. I got a three-year-old boy out there. And um, we're sitting on the couch. And he goes, what are you watching? I was like, I don't know, dude. Just the news or whatever. And he goes, you're not watching football? I'm like, nah, pal. No football today, dude. It sucks, huh? And he said, yeah, that sucks. So even little guy knows, man. Sundays are football days. Yeah, there's nothing to replace it. But, you know, I am more productive. I went to the gym and had no rush out of the gym this morning. I went to Home Depot, you know, just to do things. And uh, I'm just hanging out doing laundry. So, yeah, productive uh, American citizen without football. It's storming outside. So I, I went outside and got the wife Starbucks. And that's about it, dude. I don't plan on going outside for the rest of the day. Yeah, I know. I heard that. Uh, let's get into some of the talk. A uh, lot to talk about today with, like we talked about in the intro, trade deadline coming up. Kings on a nice little streak right here. Kings are playing well. Uh, we got some all-star snubs to talk about. So just a lot of, uh, a lot of things to, to, to hit on, I'm sure. But before we do that, I'm going to get into that ad read as always. If you are, you know, looking to get in on that action before Super Bowl Sunday, which I encourage you to do so. Super Bowl, we get a lot of fun prop bets that you usually wouldn't get out there. Um, but, you know, if, if you want to do that, you want to check out Believe on uh, Believe. Um, I'm sorry, Bet Online. Bet Online. Uh, it's playoff time, and the usual suspects are heading to Vegas for the championship. And our partner, Bet Online, is your number one source for football odds, stats, trends, and lines with everything from point spreads to hundreds of bets on everything from the coin toss to the color of the Gatorade. Bet Online is the number one source for your championship wagering. Head to Bet Online and join today to get into all the action. Bet Online, the game starts here. Um, Ryan, I was reading right there. I was going to ask you, uh, what color are you going with the Gatorade this year? Yellow. Yellow. See, the thing Yellow. is, some, they, they always use some abstract shit to mess with us. I mean, you know, the, the who, purple Gatorade. Who puts purple Gatorade? Everybody knows it's red or blue. Red or blue. I like yellow too. I'm a yellow, but like, you know. When you start doing purple, 
and you start doing weird green and stuff, that's how you know the trainers. I'm I'm calling it insider uh, betting. That's what I'm calling it. What do you think? 100%. I, wouldn't you? If you were the guy who was in charge of the Gatorade for the Super Bowl, wouldn't you like, yeah, I'm going to make this all yellow, dude. I'm going to place a $50,000 bet real quick, and I'm going to cash out. Yeah, 100% I would. But, you know, that would suck, though, if it backfired and the other team won, and then you end up losing. <laughs> well, well, that's easy, dude. Pre-game, you meet up with the other Gatorade guy in the tunnel. You're like, hey, bud. You know, I'm going with yellow. I placed a big bet. I need you to do the same and, you know, get in cahoots. Hey, if politicians can do it, man, if they, if politicians can insider trade, man, the rest of us should be able to. Don't you agree? Hey, I'm with it, dude. I'm with it. Uh, You know, and but they might, they'll try to get you like they did, like our girl Martha Stewart. They locked her up. You know what I mean? Who is, who's singing the national anthem this year? Because that's on a, on the betting site as well. You can bet the national anthem. Well, I don't know, but I think we're going to record probably one more before the Super Bowl next weekend. So what we could do is by then, I think I'll have all the props in. We could probably go over them at that time. I'm thinking that works. Yeah. Uh, let's jump into the player because I have someone. I'll start going to tangent. I'll skip the player. It will be 15 minutes in the in the episode. And I won't even have a player yet. So if you are uh, do the podcast or just checking us out, this is where we start off our t- discussion with a uh, a game where I give Ryan a random player from our past and Ryan has to Guess them based on their profile. I don't think I've done this one before, Ryan. So uh, this be a new one. Uh, this player is uh, six foot ten, power forward slash center. I always knew him as a power forward on the video games. Uh, went to LSU uh, from uh, ninety eight to two thousand. Man, this, you know what's crazy? As I'm reading this player, I didn't realize it was so long ago. Uh, first pick, first round, second overall pick in the year two thousand by the Vancouver Grizzlies. Um, played for the Grizzlies from 2000 to 2005. 05 to 06 was the Rockets. 06 to 08 with the Grizzlies. 08 to 9, the Nets. And then 09, uh, the Suns. And uh, let's see what else. Statistically, eight points a game. You're going to know most from the Grizzlies. There's not much to work with there. But first round, second overall pick in 2000 from LSU. Do you think you got a player? Fuck, second pick in two thousand from LSU. I, I have somebody. I have somebody in my head. Two thousand. I don't even remember who who went number one there. That wasn't Kenyon Martin, was it? I think Kenyon Martin was a one. I think that. Let me put. I think that. Yeah, that was Kenyon Martin. Kenyon Martin. Shit, dude. I don't know. The only person coming to mind is Stromile Swift. Dude, you got it, Stromile Swift. Uh, dude. For some reason, for some reason, I thought Stromile Swift came out of high school. If you were to ask, if you were to ask me where Stromile Swift went. Five minutes ago, I would have told you high school, 100%. I'll be honest. Like, I went to go pull the player this week, and I was just thinking of a random player from her past, as I do, you know, when I select someone. And usually I go white guy first if it comes to mind. That wasn't coming to mind. Um, Stromile Swift, I, I realized when I was reading his bio, I didn't know all the specs, dude. I didn't realize he was selected that high. And I, for some reason in my head, I was thinking Syracuse, man. Who, who was it that went to Syracuse that I was thinking of? Carmelo Anthony? <laughs> no, dude, maybe he played with Carmelo Anthony. I'm trying to think back to that team, but it, that one was confusing to me. So good for you. Forget that. That's a nice one. Nice get. You're. Just, I don't think I don't remember anybody being on that Syracuse team. the The only person I could think of, like early 2000s Orange College, I was looking at the uh, the Illinois team from back in the day, from the early 2000s, with like Deron Williams, right? Deron Williams, uh, D Brown. Uh, what was his name? James Augustini. That was the power forward on that team. Remember that? Yeah, that was way that back. Team, that, that team was, yeah, that team was. Late. But Stromile Swift, dude, big time bust. Hell athletic, though. When you used to use him on the video games, dude, he had that Duncan foot, that pack hand on NBA Live. So, yeah, he was cool. Yeah, that's, some, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, second pick. I didn't realize that. But, you know, that was a fun one. So, good get. Um, so, Kings talk. Kings are currently... Dude, all things, you know, we've been coming on here. Obviously, the Kings were on a bit of a losing streak, not looking too great, and they were facing a lot of road games. So that kind of sucks. I think that put you everyone in a in a, like a sour mood. But dude, Kings are not playing not playing bad. They are, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, six and one in the last seven which is pretty that's dating back to the uh to to January 22nd and they've beaten teams like the Warriors, the Mavericks, um the Pacers, and then uh lost to the Grizzlies. 
Yeah, it happens. Uh, six and four in their last 10. But like you said, that goes back to that. zero and four, um, you know, that they went on like a week and a half, two weeks ago, they are playing good, you know, and that that's like last night, you know, we, I was sitting there watching the game and we were all texting, texting back and forth in the group chat and stuff. And, you know, they, they blew the 30 point lead. They're up exactly 30 in the third quarter. You know, it gets within four or five, maybe six, um, late in the game against Chicago. And then, you know, they found a way to win and we all just send a chat and, you know, we all text at the same time, pretty much like a win is a win. Right. And at the end of the day, I, I've, I've been seeing a lot of people just, Oh, this team's, you know, screw this typical Kings, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, it's hard to be upset when you win a game second night of a back to back, right. In Chicago, you've been on the road for a while now. Um, I'm, I'm totally okay with it. You know, shit happens. The the defense was getting broke down. For some reason, every time they play Chicago, Kobe White just destroys us. They have no fucking answer for him, dude. He was just getting to the bucket and late in the third quarter and the fourth quarter with, you know, with ease. So you you mentioned about uh, Kobe White going off. Dude, the one thing about the Kings right now is we, we've talked about, dude, uh, no defense, clearly. And, and last night they were pointing to get out because it seems like the only guy who can play Defense on any guard is De'Aaron Fox, which sucks because they counted on that guy to score like 30 points a game right now. Did What did he drop last night? What was the stat line? 41, was, 41 he, 4 and 4. Yeah, yeah, dude. So when you're asking a guy to put up that many points, but then also he's pretty much the only guy worth a damn guarding anybody on the ball. Uh, you know, as as much as everybody's made over the years with Davion Mitchell, a guy played 14 minutes, didn't do shit last night. You know, so that's something that's an issue. That's going to be that's that's an issue right there, man. Yeah, it was good to see Fox, though. You know, it kind of feels like he's been struggling a little bit the last few weeks. Um, you know, and the numbers have been there, but Sabonis has been on this fat streak, you know, of the, what is it, 31 or 30 games of double-double. He's He's been another triple-double last night. His stats have been so good. He's been playing so well that it's kind of felt like Sabonis has been carrying the team. And then last night, you know, obviously Sabonis triple-double, but 13 points, 14 rebounds, 10 assists, and then... Deer and Fox 41, you know, Barnes kind of went back to where normal Barnes has been for the whole season with 11. Keegan Murray has been atrocious the last two games. Kevin Herter, nine points, one for five from three. So it took a Herculean effort from Deer and Fox to get the win. But that's that, that's what you got to do sometimes, right? You, you can't expect guys to show up every single night and uh, Fox really flex the muscle. So it's good to see him back putting up huge numbers. Um, but yeah, you know, the 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 support right Barnes and Herder the guys have been playing so well lately. Um, it's you know I've seen a lot of you know I, all of us have seen a lot of rumors about those guys being involved in trades and it's starting to die down all of a sudden that they're playing well. Man, are 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 you expecting them to stay around? Well, that's something I was going to bring up to you. Uh, I'm going to say a couple things real quick. All right, first thing Ryan is I'll address I'll address that. Is like, I I actually think the Kings had a point where we talked about last week where it's going to be too, it's going to be very difficult to make a big trade. And I don't think, I don't think the Kings are going to make a big trade. I just don't see it. I really don't see it. I think that they'd like to, I think there's a lot of rumors obviously out there with Kyle Kuzma. Maybe there's a chance he's like the one, if you call it a big trade, I think it is because he'd be somebody who would play a lot of minutes. I think that's one. Um, I think that Right now, the Kings, if I had to put my money on it, it would be that they're looking to probably keep everybody who's playing intact and maybe add somebody, not lose somebody who's playing. And I think that that limits what they could do on the big trade side. But I do think that it still puts them in play for a guy in the t- tier like uh, like a Kuzma, you know, potentially. Uh, because, you know, I'm looking... Duarte hasn't played. He doesn't. He doesn't really play consistently. And I know everybody likes Trey Lyles, but you know, if you get a Kuzma, it's kind of replaceable. Um, there's just a couple players, Davion Mitchell, obviously, and then the picks that they have. Like they can match some contracts, probably up into the 18 to 20 million range, not without a problem, and tack on a pick and probably get someone. That's probably the biggest thing that I see. And I, I don't really think they want to shake it up. And to be honest, I don't. I don't think that. That's what they should do either, just because and we've we laid it out on the last probably two episodes. In order to do that, 
it would require them probably mortgaging some capital in the next year or two, which I don't think they're prepared to do at this at this time. They're clear, they're clearly com- competing uh, well in, in the Western Conference. They're right in the thick of it, in the middle of, of of all the playoff teams. Although it is really close in the standings, you know. Although the fifth seed, they're you know we're talking a game or two between a lot of teams. I think they're content rolling in with what it is and keeping their assets and maybe get one other stronger rotational player because clearly Duarte hasn't worked out. Clearly Davion Mitchell is not worth anything. Uh, you know, so I think that I, I would say that's my initial take right now. That's why I didn't really come with a bunch of I didn't hit you up and like, hey, let's do a crazy trade machine thing like we've done in the past. I just don't really see it. I really don't see it. And I want to call myself out too on Zach Levine and say that was trash take last week saying that I thought about it after. I was like, yeah, dude, the money you'd been on that and the money thing was just kind of as I broke it down, I'm like, yeah, no, that's a trash take. I probably wouldn't do that now. And I think I think a lot of it was I'd always wanted Zach Levine for a lot of years. Um, and then I'm, I was thinking about it and it came out, but now no, and then obviously he gets hurt, which you know I think trash take before he gets hurt. So, yeah, I just want to call myself on that before I pass it back to you. Very unlucky for Chicago, dude. <laughs> Very fucking unlucky, man. Because there was probably a chance that guy was going to get moved, and he was going to be able to bring you back some type of an asset, whether it be picks or a young player or whatever. But sucks for them. Glad we didn't make the move. Uh, um, it, it is expensive, dude. And I, I've been on that for a few weeks. Me and you have been talking offline. We came and talked on the last two weeks on the podcast about it. And I just wasn't comfortable paying that guy that amount of money. And at the end of the day, um, as much as I like him as a talent, you know, he can, he can score, he's athletic, he's fast, he can shoot. And the guy hasn't affected winning, you know, for some reason, Chicago with all their players that they do have on paper, they're, they're not winning. And that's kind of a red flag for me. And I brought that up last week. So time to move forward. Um, But I'm with you as far as guys who are playing and are meaningful in the rotation and not getting moved. I like, I like Lyles though, man. I I wouldn't, I don't think you'd have to move Lyles in a move. I I think, I think like a guy like Matias Thibel, I keep bringing him up, you know, making like 11 million a year. I think a subtle move like that is something that's going to happen. The Kuzma thing it's kind of redundant at this point. You know, I, I think you don't move Kuzma. You don't move for Kuzma unless you move Barnes, you know, and I don't think Sacramento is going to do that. Uh, so it's going to be interesting, but definitely there will be a move, but lower level, right? I think closer to uh, Kessler Edwards last year than Sabonis the previous year, if that makes sense. So something low level um, that... Probably defense, if I had to guess. They they desperately need it, man. There is the the Kings go in some phases where, you know, if they're hitting threes and they're scoring, they're 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 fine and they're pushing the pace. But when the game slows down and they're not knocking down threes, the defense just gets broken down so easy. I watched Kobe White last night, man. He dribbled through like three guys and made and took it straight to the basket for an easy ass layup. And even like Kyle Draper was like, that's just that's too easy. And it's frustrating, right? And I, I think adding a player who plays defense, on ball defense, who's not five foot ten, um, will will help this team a lot, you know, because the offense is there. The the offense really is there. So uh we'll see what happens, man. We are when is the trade deadline? What's the date today? Today's the fourth. Trade deadline's Thursday. I think at like three, if I'm not mistaken, three Eastern. So uh it's been quiet, dude, NBA wide. You know, there's been there's been moves over the last few weeks. You know, the Siakam stuff and uh, OG to the Knicks, but it's been relatively quiet. The rumors are extremely down compared to previous years. So, um, I'm expecting a very very quiet um, trade deadline. Although, if you guys pay attention to NBA stuff outside of just Kings and you're on Twitter, there's been rumors. And and random people tweeting out LeBron to the Knicks is a possibility. That'd be fucking wild, dude. That would be absolutely wild. And that would be the craziest trade deadline ever. But uh, other than that, I haven't seen much. Yeah, not, not a lot. I think that I think it's going to be quiet. And then there's there's going to be a couple of teams. I think the teams like the Warriors, this might be the time where they finally get out ahead. And I know they're trying to move Wiggins. They've been trying to figure that they're out. So, they're so bad, though, man. Yeah. <laughs> they are so bad. Is there anything that can help them? Is there a trade out there? 
that can help the Warriors get get uh, into the play-in or into a playoff spot. Like, dude, well, they're so, I think they're that, so bad. I think that it's not necessarily that that like that uh, they're gonna try them particularly. It's not that they're gonna try to. I mean, make this huge run. It's just more in that I think you're gonna see some teams starting to kind of adjust and make moves to set themselves up for the off season in the summer. You know, and that's that like the Warriors are a team like that, almost calling them selling, honestly, yeah. in a way. As they're so bad, dude. Steph Curry dropped sixty, and they fucking lost. <laughs> that is just that's bad, dude. That I, you know, but fuck them. I'm happy, dude. It makes me happy to watch them lose. Um, it's kind of ran its course, I think, in Golden State. So, um, speaking on on this, you know, what what you'd be willing to give up a hypothetical? I'll give our guy KC a shout out right now. I was scrolling through Kingsland as I was due before we get into the podcast and. He made a uh, post about, and so I, I don't understand people. I was trying Kings fans, man. Now, a lot of reasons we started doing this podcast because we thought Kings fans were kind of nuts. And so KC puts a post on there and he says, um, you know, would you go, would you trade Keegan and future draft capital in a move that guaranteed a one championship? Now, clearly hypothetical, clearly just a, a fun post. A lot of people say yes, of course, you know, when one, but dude, there were a lot of people that said, no, I'd rather hope our players develop. And I want to talk about that. But and but before that, I commented just now and I was like, uh, yeah, dude, if, like, of course, you know, and he's like, yeah, some crazy results. And I said, uh, and somebody said, I'd give up three years of my lifespan for it. And I said, I'd give up an inch and I don't have inches to give, Ryan. So yeah. I'd, <laughs> I'd give up one inch and that's a lot I, of inches for me. Yeah. The, what I would do for a championship, man. Yeah, hundred percent, dude. I I would. Yeah, three years, three years of my lifespan. That's a good one. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah, give my lifespan, dude. You know, life's bigger than that, um, dude. Than, than basketball. I don't know, but... man. I don't know, man. You know, I with modern technology, man. If you were to tell me, all right, your lifespan, you're gonna live ninety years, or the Kings can win a championship right now, and you die at eighty-seven, I might have to roll with that, dude. I think I think I'd be okay with that. I could probably look at that result. I think that I would take my chances in that the next, well, how many years is that for me, math-wise? Damn, I'm kind of getting old. I thought I was going to say 60-something, but it's actually 50-something years now. I'm Well, less than that. I'm going to be 31 in two weeks. So what's That's that? 59. 50, 59, yeah. So you'll be 56, 56 years for you. I would say I would like to take my chances that in the next 56 years, 57 years, or whatever it ends up to, that the Kings could get one done. I think, though, if we go another 20 years and, and they and they don't, you know, then you start entering, like, I don't know. We talked about last week, Detroit Lions fans. You know, at that point, at that point, man, I mean, really, we haven't lived that long, but, dude, could, could you go that long rooting for a team and still care the same? Uh, you know, I'd have a hard time. I, you and I can relate to this. I loved, I love Texas football and growing up, I love Texas and Tex the Texas Longhorns were the, the one team that I had of all the teams that I rooted for that I could always kind of count on, you know, I can count on being in the thick of it and contending and they went on a huge, huge spell. And to be honest, even in that time frame, I kind of, you know, it hurts. It takes you away. It detaches you a little bit. So I could imagine what 50 years would do. At 50 years, it's like, you know what? I better get another fucking hobby or something, you know, at some point, right? That's got to be real. Yeah, or you just get, you know, just sucked even farther in. You know, that that's a that's a possibility. You know, some people just were like Lions fans. You know, they're just so invested now. They're like, fuck it. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm hoping, right? So... Kings, I'm a Niners fan, you know, and the Niners haven't won a Super Bowl since I was uh, just shy of a year old. So I, I haven't seen the Niners win a Super Bowl. And I've, me and you talked about this, and I've seen seven, what is it, seven NFC championships over the last 13, 14, 15 years, whatever it's been. You know, going back, I mean, you can go farther back into the 90s when they were in NFC championship game and stuff. But from my adult life, I've lost them lose seven NFC or been in seven NFC championship games. They lost two Super Bowls, whatever. It's crushing, dude. It is fucking crushing. And, you know, I what I would give for the Niners to win the Super Bowl next Sunday, dude, it would be a lot, man. So I'm hoping I, I can cross that off the off the list of teams. And then, you know, 
Sacramento's it, dude. But you got to look at it, dude. How how long has Sacramento's been? The Kings have been in Sacramento since 1985. They haven't won a championship. How long is that? That's 40 years. Is almost. my math correct? You know, almost 40 yeah. years next, you know, next year, and they haven't won. So you just double that up. Like they haven't won it in the last 40 years. Maybe they just don't win it again the next 40 years. You know, like I that's totally possible, man. Like it's not a lot of teams win the NBA championship. There's a lot of teams who haven't won an NBA championship. And it's, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if I'm sitting here and I'm 70 years old and I'm like, yeah, Kings still haven't won a championship. I, I would not be shocked at all. I wouldn't be surprised. Would you rather give up three years off the back end of your lifespan or I would say 1.5 inches, but I think that would really take you out of the game. So I'd it like would. to say, I'd say one inch. Would you give up one inch? And we, when inches, people, we're talking about your penis. So what would you, if you really had to do it, which one would be worse or which one would you prefer if you had to pick that? Well, I'm married with two sons already. <laughs> so uh i i probably give up the inch now yeah yeah for sure yeah it is what it yeah. is yeah i don't think i'd give up the inch dude i think i would just uh, i couldn't give up the inch but i also wouldn't want to give up the lifespan i don't know you know what i just wouldn't give up either i'm just a if, my i got i got one better <laughs> i got one better for you right now if i was guaranteed the kings win the championship this year and the niners win the super bowl next week i'd give up three years and an inch wow dude so you're just a small dick guy not living to a to a, a old age then you know whatever dude whatever man and i will cross off 2024 years the best year of my life at that point <laughs> that's, that's, that's funny dude you know there's probably there's i'm sure there's people out there making deals with the devil right now about stuff oh, like this and be dude. careful what you say ryan on a, on a recorded <laughs> podcast because um you know you never know what, what what god works mysterious ways as they say and you just never know dude hey, you know um hey at that point man I'll accept it, dude. That that would that not be awesome? Uh, well, I'm not a Niner. I'm not a Niner fan, and my team already won the Super Bowl so uh, twice actually in my lifetime that I really remember very well. So to me, um, you know, I I, I don't know about all that. You know, it'd be even better, man. This is a great thing. I got season tickets. You know, wouldn't it be so awesome a Game Seven in Sacramento where the Kings win win the NBA championship? Wouldn't that be phenomenal? You, now you're talking now we're talking and and you had a lot of money on the line too oh oh dude the, the the amount of bets that i would place in that stadium that day because i already do every time we go to a game dude i play so many live bets dude i do all the props while i'm sitting there and the music's playing and man but it, could, it would be so crushing can you imagine they lose game seven like i was there last year when they lost game seven in the first round and it was crushing and i lost a ton of money it's it just sucks but one can hope, man. There's there's always hope, dude, that I'm going to be sitting in Golden 1 for a Game 7 when they win. Yeah, the... Uh, what, well, you know what's going to suck, though, is in a couple of years, the NBA is going to expand. You know, they're going to go to 32 teams, dude, is what's going to happen. And then, and then it's going to really going to screw things up even more. Uh, let's talk about the All-Star snubs before we don't get to it, Ryan. So I would like to say that... Um, and this is... I, I would say this, but I don't even think this is a homer take, dude. I think that... Uh, I think Sabonis and Fox got hosed dude like royally hosed um De'Aaron i think fox Sabo- I, I think sabonis well, for sure go ahead sabonis for sure but darren fox i looked i looked at it today and statistically better than last year in steals like 1.6 to 1.2 or something um uh scoring's up a couple points as well um if this is uh accurate matt mossman posted this on kingsland i'm gonna say he's accurate and go with it um you know second he's Fox, second in the NBA in steals, second in the NBA in deflections, and sixth best defensive rating for a point guard this season. We talked about last week, our player trivia guy was uh, Larry Hughes, who led the NBA in steals, got all defensive team and all-star. You know, and and so to me, just the fact that the Kings are where they are, it's a, he was able to repeat an all-star season last year, and they're still in the thick of it. They're playing well. He he started off out the gates thirty points a game, 31, 30 point, 31, 30 points a game, somewhere in the range. Pretty much through the All Star voting, and he couldn't get in. I think that's just just an all time, you know, bullshit. And then, you know, I looked it up, and I I get it. I get like points aren't everything, and I get the the All Star game is kind of a, a sham as well. But 
you know, like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, those guys are like 23 points a game, you know, and with all their history, I, I, I just think that that's kind of horse shit. Um, you know, in addition, you know, I know they're, they're playing pretty well. So I guess you get one of them, both of them, but Sabonis, dude, Sabonis is just insane right now. You, you see all the statistical stuff, like first player to do this stat line in this many years, or this to have this kind of number since this player, you know, and I think, the fact that the triple double streak that he's on is insane. You know, double doubles, double double streak, double double. Sorry, sorry about that. Yeah, but he's you know just the, the, the everything that he does. I don't know. We talked about there's not like there's a ton of centers and I, I don't know. I just think they got hosed. You know, both of them. It's crazy to me. I I think I think Fox. They both deserve to get in. But when you when we talked a little bit at last week, but. When you look at the grand scheme of it, dude, Steph Curry got over Fox, got in over Fox. I it's hard to disagree with that. Even though, you know, Fox, I think his stats are a little bit better, teams obviously better. Uh, it's hard to disagree. Like you can't really leave Steph Curry out of the All-Star game when he's having uh, uh, an average Steph Curry season. Sabonis though, dude, you know, leading the NBA in rebounds, like you talked about the double-double streak that he's on. Um, really upping his assist numbers. Yeah, I think that's the one. That's a harder pill to swallow for me. Um, but it's, you know, it's the all-star game, dude. People want star power. You know, they they want to see the stars out there. And at the end of the day, Sabonis just isn't a flashy all-star game type of player. And I think that plays into it as well, you know. But it is what it is. If, if you want to be in the all-star game and you feel like you got snubbed, maybe you need to win a few more games. You know, if you were the three seed or you're the two seed, you guys probably would have got in 100%, you know, but you're sitting at the fifth seed. OKC only has one all-star and they're the one seed in in the Western Conference. You know, Minnesota, the, Rudy Gobert got snubbed, you know, in my opinion. And I, does Sabonis better than Rudy Gobert? I think so. But, you know, there's an argument for him that he got snubbed. You know, so when you look at it, there's always players who got snubbed. How many all-star games has Damian Lillard made? You know, not as many as you would think. He's not up there in the 12 All-Star games like he probably deserves, but that's because he played in the Western Conference and Chris Paul was there and Steph Curry was there and, you know, those types of guys have been there. So um, it is what it is. I, I Am I disappointed? Yeah, but you, you can't complain. You know, you can't complain. You talked about it last week. Darren Fox has had a slow January or had a slow January. The numbers were down. You know, if he would have kept up his scoring like it was in November and December, his stats probably would be a little better, and he might have got in. Uh, but yeah, it is what it is. What are you going to do about it? Be better. At the end of the day, be better. Win more games. Win more games, and you guys would have been in. It's true about Damian Lillard. I remember one year, it might have been that year they went to the Western Conference Finals way back. Portland did, and I remember he didn't get in, and he had a his his output was his stat line was nuts. But Sabonis, I think, is the bigger snub. I, I could agree with you there. But if he's pretty much twenty points a game, thirteen rebounds, and eight assists, dude. Yeah, and he is on a fucking tear. Oh, tear yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, it's it's bullshit. Hundred percent, that's bullshit. But like I said, just you got to be better, dude. What I don't like about the All Star about the All Star kind of conversation and things like that is like with the with the NFL as well, right? Like. I've said on here, my Bucks fan and, and Antoine Woodfield was an example. I, th- I think Antoine Woodfield is up there, defensive player of the year type. He he was an all pro, but he didn't get in. It's like, you know, Sabonis is, in, depending on what you look at, fifth or to seventh in the MVP po- polling, if you will, doesn't get in. So that that's alarming. I think the thing is that the, the all-star games and Pro Bowls, they just aren't really, if they're about the stars and kind of who people want to see, it's like a combination of two. Okay. But then when people like to use that as a way to argue a player's merit or, you know, their merit against another player, I think it's bullshit. You know, Sabonis is a, I think, three-time All-Star. You know, you start getting into the five, six range and doing that. That's where you start talking about, like, okay, is this guy like a Hall of Fame guy? That's how it used to kind of be. You know, and I think that that's I feel bad uh, for that because I think this guy is going to continue to play on this level for like several years to come. I really I mean, I don't see a reason why not. And and so that's just one more all star game where 
obviously he's not going to get the benefit of the doubt like players that play in a bigger market are going to um you know and then and then and, and then also at the same time people use the all-star game appearances as this way to elevate guys you know to shit on Halliburton like we kind of have been i guess is guys like that right oh all the all-star game starter and then when you start ranking them and, and you know i think that fan uh, fans like us of the Sacramento Kings that's a little bit more of a chip on our shoulder because the Kings don't ever get the benefit of the doubt they never get the hype about anything and there is you know a little bit of that where you want to see the Kings get the big national games you want to see the Kings play on Christmas you want to see the Kings get the recognition and they just don't because of shit like this and it's amazing to me because no one gave a shit about Tyrese Halliburton until the day they traded him. And, and the day they traded him, all of a sudden, the dude was a second coming. And then all of a sudden, now he's starting in the All-Star game, right? So that's how I feel. That's what It's more like it pisses me off for them. And it pisses me off as like, because I take it as like a, a, a slight on, on the Kings, if you will. And that's that's my issue with it. Yeah, I'm looking up right now. Um, that year you're talking about that Damian Lillard got snubbed. 27 points, 5 rebounds, 6 assists. That's very similar to where Fox is right now, you know? Yeah, probably a little bit better of a season. But, that you know, the scoring, I think, you know, but at the end of the day, like you said, that's not what I'm rooting for. I'm not rooting for uh, all-star games. I'm rooting for team success. And so that's what you do want to see. And so I hope, hopefully that that happens, you know? And, and, and like you said, like it just feels like the goalpost is a little further for the Kings and their players than other teams. You know, I've ne- I've never seen the Kings get any player on the Kings ever get crowned before they should have been crowned. The only guy who got the hype was DeMarcus Cousins, and he fucking deserved it because he was just ridiculous, you know, on a bad team. It, it could not be denied, but I've never seen a- that happen. And I think you just want to see that happen once in a while for for your team. And I really feel like Darren Fox, after his after last season and after what he did in the playoffs, I thought he was the best player on the court in the series against the Gold State Warriors. Until game, after, until game seven, until game seven, when Steph dropped 50. But, you know, that right there, like after that, you you would think like he would get the Halliburton treatment. You would think he would get the John Morant treatment, but he doesn't, you know? So I don't know what the, what they have to do to, to get to enter that space. I know. I know what Deer Fox needs to do. Make his fucking free throws, man, and he'd be averaging like twenty nine a game, dude. And then there's no denying it. <laughs> you brought up a stat the other day about his three point shooting, though. Like, I, dude, Darren Fox for several years was not a great three point shooter, but no, right now he's no. statistically above a lot of people. Yeah, right. It's like fuck off the top, thirty eight percent, thirty nine percent. Let me look. Let me look real quick because I remember I was the talk was last week of who's going to get the last reserve spot for a guard, and I was comparing him to Steph Curry and. Uh, let me see. Well, what I hope they don't do is put uh, Kevin Herter in the three point contest again. That was, that was rough. You know, <laughs> I think last year, you know, you know what I, you know what I remember? I think that was last year, right? Yeah. He did that. So 30, last 38, year, 38%, Eric, 38% on almost eight attempts, dude. Yeah. So, which is better than actually, I remember looking at a couple like big time players who are known for shooting threes and he's, it's above him. So, Good on him for that. Yeah, if, those, if the free throws then come. I don't know why the, no one on the team can shoot free throws, man. You know, that's a big problem with the Kings. I don't know what that is. Yeah, 70, 72% free throw shooter. Yeah, six point, he makes five out of every seven. You know, if you make, you know, if you're making, you know, another another one, six out of seven, then, you know, you're averaging 28 and a half a game, and there's really no denying you right there. What, uh, okay, random, but uh, you hoop a lot. Like, what do you think you're out of out of a hundred? What do you think your your free throw free throws are? Because you could probably hit it. I mean, you're pretty good at it. Oh man, I don't know. Not tired. If I just went out there, I I can make over seventy. Not like if if I just went if I went in the gym, there's nobody in there, you know, and I just had somebody rebounding the ball for me, and I'm just standing. I can make over seventy. But you got to think about it, dude. You're not you're not tired. You know, there's not 20,000 people screaming. There's not, you know, 500 people standing behind the baskets with those fucking noodles that they smack together, you know. But at the end of the day, you are getting paid a $100 million contract to plus to to make some damn free throws. So there's that. You just got to find the, you got to, you know what I want to see? This is, this used to be a thing when we were younger and I don't feel like it's a thing or maybe I don't notice as much. 
it's it's the free throw pre-shot routine, man. Everybody had one back I was in the gonna, day, right? I was going to say that. I was just going to say that. So like me, um, you know, like I play every Monday and every Friday, like for two hours, dude, we have the same 15 guys who come out to the local high school and we play some and it's really good basketball. I always warm up um, before I stretch, before I do anything is like, I go to the free throw line and I have, and we don't even shoot free throws when we're doing the thing, right? It's just pick up basketball, but I have a free throw routine that I've been doing since I was like 10 years old that I do the same thing every single time. And when I do my routine and I focus on my routine, it, it's pretty much can't miss, you know, but all the guys used to have it. Yeah. I think it's a, cause I think a lot of free throw stuff is a mental thing. Like you said, there's a lot of elements. There's the fatigue, there's the bodies around you. There's the people waving. Um, I think it's, I think it's a big mental part because you see, you see guys in, and I've seen NBA players in gyms, uh, before where they, they don't shoot threes in the NBA, but they can, they can sit there and hit 10 in a row. They, it from three pointers, like they could, so they clearly can do it, but then when you get in games, things change. But yeah, that's, what's crazy. The free throw routine used to be a thing. I mean, Jason Kidd always had the iconic, you know, kiss to the family. Uh, you know, there was tons of guys out there. I always emulated my guy, Rip Hamilton, you know, bounce, bounce, one to, and bounce to the side, one to the side. Yeah. you know, yeah. that, that yeah. you know, but it's funny, like as a fan though, that used to be a thing that everybody always highlighted was, was that. And, um, yeah, not a thing anymore, really, I feel like, right? Because I remember, you know, LeBron's obviously struggled with his free throws in his career, and there was always talk of, look at how often he changes up his free throw routine. You know, it was like for a while, like if I, I can go back and look, it was like season to season, it's different free throw routine. And it's like, bro, you got to get your routine and you got to stick to it and hashtag trust the process, dude. Like if for real, you know, like that that's a real thing. It just gets you in a... uh it's that routine. It just, it muscle memory, you know, that's why guys, uh, nowadays, man, I, I don't see it, dude. I, I want to see some, you know, bounce to the side. I want to see who used to do the ball. They used to, was it, did Jason kid used to do it as well? Put the ball, wrap the ball around his back and then kiss. I don't Somebody remember. used to do that as well. It's a real thing, dude. Get your routine down. You know, get get that some, routine. Some down. people like that were terrible. Shaq was known for it. They just you could tell Shaq was just freaking the fuck out every time he went there. He used to hold the ball out in front of him, like extended, and he would just hold it there and think about it. And then he just like flick his wrist. I mean, that one didn't work. Did you, you see Shaq? I saw Shaq on a podcast recently, and he was talking about how uh, he was physically incapable of shooting free throws because the basketball gods knew that if he could shoot free throws, he would dominate the game way too much. So he was just like, they just, they took it away from me. They they didn't allow me to shoot free throws just to even out the game. It's probably true. There are two things that I'm surprised no one has emulated that was really successful. One is the sky hook. No one's ever emulated it. It's the greatest, most dominant shot of all time. No one else has ever done it. And then the uh, Rick Barry granny shot. You know, surprising. I mean, if you're down that bad, if you're down that bad in the NBA, would you go granny? I'd go granny. Yeah. I, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't. If you ain't hitting it normal, you ain't hitting it granny. You know, like this thing, Rick Barry was probably shooting granny free throws from the time he was 10 years old until he was 35 in the NBA at the end of his career. You know what I mean? Like that guy just grew up doing that was his routine. But he noticed how he never changed it. You know, it just that that routine was just. Little backspin on it too. Little, little backspin. backspin, dude. Yeah, man. That's you know notable that, shitty free throw shooters besides besides Shaq for childhood. One, uh, maybe Tim, the worst Tim, of all time. Tim Duncan was wasn't say, very Tim good. Tim Duncan was Tim, terrible. Tim Duncan was terrible. Yeah, and and obviously Ben Wallace. Ben Wallace might be one of the oh. worst of all time, dude. The worst. And my favorite player, but Jesus Christ, dude, figure it out, dude. Rudy Gobert is pretty bad. DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre Jordan is horrid. I'm gonna look this up. I'm gonna look up worst free throw shooters of all time. You know what I never really understood though was all the bigger guys were terrible at at uh, free throws, but I kind of likened it to when you play on like a kid's hoop, like a seven foot hoop, you know, on the driveway. I feel like isn't it easier to shoot free throws when it's a little lower? So I don't understand. That's kind of to them, it's kind of almost the same same. I've always thought about this. It's their hand size, I think. Mm. I think the ball, like you watch Shaq with the ball, dude, it looks like a kitty ball. That's what I always thought of. I always thought their hands were just too big to get in a good like shooting to where they're shooting with like their palm and they're kind of like shot putting it. That's why he used to hold it with his fingertips, dude, because he just couldn't palm. He couldn't put his hands on the ball. You know what I mean? Like it was just too small for him. 
Yeah, that's probably that's probably pretty accurate. So here, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Ben Wallace is statistically the worst free throw shooter of all time, 41%. Number two, Wilt Chamberlain, 51%. Shaq, 52.7 is three. DeAndre Jordan, four at Oh, this ain't even this ain't in order. 41%. DeAndre Jordan's the worst of all time. Chris Dudley, nobody cares. Dwight Howard, 57. Chuck Hayes, ooh, 62. There's somebody on this list. Andre Drummond, 38%, worst of all time. Bruce Bowen was on here, dude. Bruce Bowen. 57, 57.5%. All corner three defense, Bruce Bowen. How are you going to be a glue guy and be bad at fruit throws? If you're a glue guy, <laughs> you better put the work in the gym. It's not like you're putting in work on dribble drive, bro. Put in the work of the fruit throw line. Don't be that liability. And I just didn't have the bonus hands unless he's shooting the corner three. So there's another one that's coming out in Kingsland right now, Ryan. Everybody wants Alex Caruso. And what do you think about that? I like Caruso. The asking price is probably too high. That's a problem. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you like a lot of guys, you know, but their asking price from Chicago has been like two first or something crazy. Why the fuck would Sacramento give two first for Alex Caruso? And I talked about this last week. Does Alex Caruso swing the pendulum far enough in either direction. No, he doesn't. Like adding Caruso isn't getting you closer to a championship. You know, I I I think there's other players that you can get for cheaper. Matias Seibel been coming on here and saying it. We've been talking about Matias Seibel for years. Uh that's a guy that I think that you could get for cheaper than Alex Caruso. But I like Caruso. He's cool. But do you think like watching Caruso last night, does he stand out? You know what I mean? Like, eh. No, people like him because he's got a little bit of scoring and plays D and, you know, everybody likes a white guy with a headband, you know, he'd be a, he'd be a true hero in Sacramento to receding hairline guys everywhere though, which is, you know, but you know what I'm looking up right now? He, I think part of the reason that he would be so costly is because he's, he's locked in for another additional year and he only makes 9 million a year, dude. And so really, really matching that money would be something that would, be extremely easy to do so the benefit the benefit for the bulls is is the pick but you know at the same time who's giving up more than a who's giving up first first pick honestly for a guy who averages 10 points a game no in this in this uh they were talking about this yesterday on the drive dude or not the drive it was saturday their pregame some it was uh jason ross and uh high flyer turner and they were talking about you know chicago's asking price for caruso and they brought up a good point is you know, you're not trading Caruso. You're not going to give a better pull. You're like for Chicago. You're not going to, it's like you're going to trade Caruso for an all-star, you know, and then you're asking for multiple firsts and going to your point, who's going to give a multiple first for Alex Caruso? Like, yeah, he's a good player, but guys aren't giving a teams aren't giving a multiple first. They're not going to mortgage their immediate future for a guy like Alex Caruso, who at the end of the day is probably not going to be even in your starting lineup. And in Sacramento's case, isn't even the sixth man because they have Malik Monk, you know? So it's, it's, I, I can see Caruso going to a, a real true contender, you know, a team like Milwaukee that can give up, you know, if they got a pick and a younger player. Uh, but for a team like Sacramento where he doesn't elevate you to championship status, it doesn't make sense. It, it just doesn't, you know, so that that's the two cents on it. And I think that they're better at it. If they're going to trade him, if I'm them, I'm trying to make a team take on some cap, you know, and try to cl- use him to clean up some cap and get some stuff. But yeah, but the teams, the teams, like you say, man, all those teams that are these asking prices for these guys who are at the end of the day, role players, uh, they, they want their cake and they want to eat it too, man. You always say that, dude, they, they want to, they want to give up a guy like Caruso to bring back multiple first or a starting level player, right? And they don't want to take any cap. You know, they want the cap. They want to keep cap relief as well. And it's like, dude, that's not how the game works. This is, it's not how it works. That's not, trades don't happen like that. Teams aren't just going to, you know, give up all these assets and not get anything in return. Whatever happened in the good old days where, like, remember way back when Rashid Wallace got traded for, like, Bob Sura? Whatever happened to those days, dude? Teams just trying to clear cap, man. Yeah, I know. Where's that at? I, I I miss those days. You know what they did is is you know what really this is some nerd kind of stuff, but I wonder if the whole stretch provision stuff they did a bunch of years ago and kind of you know get doing letting teams kind of maneuver some things a little bit, maybe you know 
Maybe hell. I, I don't know because it really, I felt like most shit that happened back in the day was all cap related, and, and, you know, and it was so, it was like, you'd see all-stars getting traded purely for cap because it was that valuable. But I think that, I think that we're in a weird place where you have a, the top percentage of the league that is extremely aggressive and doesn't give a shit about future assets and doesn't care at all. And, and those are the, the contenders. Then you have a middle of pack team. That's like where the Kings probably are, where they, they want to play it safe. They don't want to be too aggressive, but they don't, they don't want to make too many moves, but, you know, they kind of need to, but they don't, so they don't. And then you have this bottom tier who's just, like, uh, shitty, but they're the team like you described. They want everything. They want the cap relief. They want the multiple picks. They want all of that. And it, it doesn't add up. You're asking a team to basically take on the risk of, of uh, getting a guy at a really a high contract. So he's not only locked in for a couple of years, and then what if it doesn't work out? What if he gets hurt? What if it doesn't click? Unmovable. Then you're asking him to deplete future assets. So then they're really fucked there. So that's why I think to bring to wrap the episode back, Brian, that's why I don't think anything crazy is going to happen because I, I just don't see it. I think that the only way things get done right now is extreme extremes. You know, it's it's go for broke from the top ends. That seems to be the, the only thing that happened. That's what we talked about last week where you and you made a great point about DeJounte Murray. Like if he went, were, go, were to go to the Lakers, they don't give a shit. They, they'd risk it for this year and they probably could resign him. Right. So they'll do it like they have the name and the cachet to resign him. And, and they're, they're playing a different game for that reason. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm just going to say let's not let's not blow everything up if there's enforce something that's not there. Well, that's, you know, the DeJounte Murray thing, just to reiterate for people who didn't listen last week, you know, people are going to be really upset if he gets traded and if it's for peanuts, you know, they're going to see and it's going to be like some random fucking players and like a 2029 first round pick and people on here on Kingsland, be like, what the fuck, man, we could have gave two first rounds for that. We could have gave way more. We could have gave Davion at a pick and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, they're playing a different game. You know, that contract's expiring. If you think DeJounte Murray's going to resign in Sacramento next year, you got another thing coming. You know, that guy will go to the Knicks. He'll go to the Lakers. He'll go somehow the Clippers will figure something out or, you know, Boston will figure something out and he'll go, to, you know, somewhere big. And then you'll be left with uh, no first round picks and without DeJounte Murray. So, yeah, the we'll see what happens, man. Not too much longer. We'll get one in before then. Hopefully, you know, like, they do something. Get one player. You know, they do they do need they do need something. We all know what that is. But uh hey guys, we appreciate you listening. If you ever want to interact or be a part of the show, you can always do so by tagging us. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Kings Cast Eric and Kings Cast Ryan. Uh we are active on our group Kingsland. Check that out. Uh if you want to support the show, please slide down on Apple Podcasts or slide up on Spotify and leave us a five-star review. It does Help us reach more Kings fans just like you. And as always, check us out on the Believe Podcast Network, where we are, the Sacramento Kings signature show. So with that, for Ryan, this is Eric. Go Kings. Kings. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.